0: getty show welcome to it a lot to discuss this hour we will get to uh, as much as we can possibly squeeze in uh, right now a uh, a guest who who comes to us via an alert listener who recommended uh, the knife media which is a website well it's 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 a website that analyzes media it reports stories it points out spin and um and bias and that sort of thing in a really really effective way it's a hell of an interesting project and gents eric gold is part of the team is the editor-in-chief and co-developer of the knife media and joins us now gents how are you good joe thanks for having me on it's our pleasure yeah a listener emailed us and said guys you're so uh, crazy about media bias and and fighting spin and trying to understand what's actually going on in the news you ought to check out this website and and i did and i was really really impressed how long has the knife media existed
1: well, thank you, Joe. It's been around for four years, but it was just last year that we uh, officially launched, launched our site in its current form.
0: Okay. All right. Fair enough. So why don't you tell us, what's your, what's your mission? How do you approach your, your workday every day?
1: Well, we, we developed a scientific-based approach to the news. So our, our, our concern from the very beginning was media coverage is becoming more and more, more and more sensationalized, more and more editorialized, and we're straying more from the facts. So, uh, we decided that we would apply scientific standards because that would help us be the most objective we could possibly be. Of course, you can't be totally objective, but the most objective we could be in reporting the news and we developed a whole system to both rate other news outlets to to, to determine how objective they are and then to report our own news in the most objective way
0: well wow, that's interesting and you got to be a hell of a challenge because every human being has you know biases of one sort or another even if it's something incredibly innocent like you know what's a hot day you ask somebody from phoenix yes. and somebody from you know the arctic they'll give you a different answer
1: Yeah. so no, you're to- you're totally right and and um but you can either there are ways of describing our world that are measurable and quantifiable like like science does or like the law does many times which is different than saying something very dramatic or sensational or vague or something like that
0: interesting so i mean for instance i'm I'm looking at your analysis it's one of your top stories today facts versus sensationalism in the coverage of the expelled russian diplomats yep and uh, do you want to take us through how you approach that or i mean i have it in front of me either way
1: Sure, yeah. So what we do every day is, one of the things we do, because we do several things, is we take one of the major uh, news stories of the day and we look at a bunch of articles uh, and how other media outlets are covering it. And we run it through our analysis process, which looks at how much spin is in the coverage, number one. And spin is things like subjective language. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, I could say... um, well, right here. Here's a headline. It says Trump baffles with hot, cold approach to Russia. Critics say U.S. policy towards an aggressive Moscow is incoherent. So words like aggressive and incoherent, they're, they're subjective words. There's nothing measurable or fact-based about that. It's, it's really the reporter's own opinion, but they're presenting it as a fact.
0: Although, just a quick quibble, if it claims somebody said it's incoherent, yes. that's yes. factual.
1: Yes. Very good point. However, in this case, they don't say who the critics are, so that's a different issue if you look at in our analysis. Um, right. But Plus, you're right. you
0: can get somebody to say anything.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. But you hear this all the time. Like, I mean, for example, you know, a lot of the staffing changes at the White House, you'll hear that it's a bloodbath. Well, it's not a bloodbath. It's staffing changes, right? So... Um, A lot of times what the news is doing is it's telling us what to think and what to feel rather than just giving us facts and having us evaluate them for ourselves. So it's not helping us be better thinkers.
0: Now, listen, uh, we probably ought to nail this down because we have skeptics on all sides uh, of the political world listening to the show, which we appreciate. Um, I, you know, you guys have gored uh, some of my favorite oxes as well. Do you have a declared stance in terms of conservative, progressive, right, left, uh, communist, whatever?
1: None at all, and that's that's a very central part of what we do. We apply the exact same analysis process to all media outlets, regardless of political spectrum, and our rating. So one of the, one of the other things we do is we calculate a rating, which tells you how objective or how distorted a given news article is. And a lot of times you'll find that, especially with really political stories, both Fox on one hand, or Breitbart, you know, and the New York Times and CNN will both get very low ratings because they're both equally distorted. Now they're distorted on different sides of the political spectrum, but our process doesn't look at that as much as it looks at how much is a is a fact distorted. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at your analysis again of the facts versus sensationalism in the coverage of the expelled Russian diplomats thing. And uh, you get version one from The Economist, I believe. Um,
1: uh, Financial Times. Financial
0: yeah. Times, my mistake, uh, which is highly distorted. Then you've got a, a WAPO version that's uh, substantially more fact-based. But then I like the fact that you point out, after looking at your own version, um, if the purpose of the news is, enter- is to entertain, then the Financial Times version excels. <laughs> So so you guys clearly are looking for a particular sort of reader-subscriber.
1: We're looking for people who want to be good, critical thinkers and who want to uh, be informed. I mean, because let's face it, the media affects our entire nation. It affects everything politically, but it also affects our lives. And we make important decisions in our own lives based on the information we take in. A lot of the information that we're ingesting is not high quality information so we're looking for people who want to have better information they want to be better informed the problem with a lot of this bias and spin is that sometimes we don't even notice it like we're so used to it that we it's almost invisible to us and so what we want to do is help people see it so they can be aware of it and and not be misled
0: what are some of your favorite weasel words one of mine is is controversial uh-huh. The controversial proposal by the Republican congressman immediately uh, casts it kind of like if you were lighting a movie, it kind of lights it from below. So the features are distorted and it looks like the Wolfman. That's one of my favorites. And the other one is saying somebody admitted as opposed to just said. What are your favorite weasel words?
1: Well, there's um, embattled, the embattled senator. Hmm right? Controversial is good, because you could say the controversial professor, or you could say the respected professor. And if you look at, we've actually done this, and we've, we've picked particular public figures and looked at all the adjectives that have been used to describe them, and some of them never get the controversial one, even though they're pretty controversial. They always get the embattled or the others, and it changes our whole perception of the person.
0: Yeah, I- indeed. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm tempted to ask you, I'll just ask you, uh, is the mainstream media distinctly left leaning consistently?
1: well, it's not something that we measure in particular. I mean we don't measure are there you know which outlets lean more left or right for for the reasons that I just said, but mm-hmm. I can tell you that we we make an effort to to analyze and rate as many outlets as we can across all spectrums, and we have a more difficult time finding conservative outlets to, to rate because it does seem that there are more left-leaning, left-leaning outlets, so we actually have trouble being as you know, balanced as we can in terms of who we're analyzing.
0: You th- there more of them. Uh, all right. This may be something you did not approach in the midst of your uh, official duties there at the Knife Media. And by the way, we're talking to Jen's Eric Gold, who's the editor in chief of co- and co developer of the Knife Media. Uh, what'd you think of the 60 Minutes interview with uh, one? Uh, what's her name? Her You guys use her real name Stephanie Clifford. Stephanie Clifford. What'd you think of the interview with Ms. Clifford?
1: Well, I think. Look, I, you know, I, I, first of all, let me say that we, you know, everyone can look at this if you want to. On our site, we did a, a factual version of, of this story because I think it's very difficult to parse the facts from all the noise, in particular in stories like this. But one of the other main problems with this story, and there's a lot like it, is, is trial by media. So, you know, a lot of people right now are being tried in the court of public opinion instead of in our justice system.
0: That's why and, I wear a robe. Yeah, I'm a willing participant, but go on.
1: <laughs> well, it, and I, I was a reporter for years, so, I, you know, I, I understand how this works, but, you know, it does taint the, 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 the justice process. I mean, if someone does eventually go to trial and they've been you know, smeared in the media for years, uh, that affects the jury, that affects the process. And sometimes they don't even make it that far. I mean, if you look at a lot of what's happened with the Me Too campaign and, and, and men who have lost their careers and things like that, they didn't even and many times make it to a trial before that happened. Now, I'm not saying that they you know, didn't commit a crime, but due process is one of the most important, in my opinion, uh, aspects of, you know, of our of our law, of our Constitution, and I think the media is violating that in a lot of cases. And so you could say, well, it's the President, but yes, it's the President, and if you have a lot of noise and a lot of accusations made in the, in the media before there's any kind of you know, due process, then that changes our whole perception of him and of the office of the presidency itself.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey, Jens, what's your schedule look like? Can you hang around for one more segment? Of course. Yeah, I want to go through Uh, A handful of the stories you guys rated major publications and broadcast networks on their uh, coverage of the uh, missing Facebook data, the Do Not Congratulate cover, the uh, Austin bombing coverage, and and look at uh, how you rated the various outlets and and, and why. So we're going to talk more in a moment or two with Jen Zarek, Gold Editor-in-Chief and Co-Developer of the Knife Media. They're hardcore to bring you spin-free news and and rate the media on how good a job they do. Really interesting stuff. Hang around. There's more on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation.
2: Bumper music, Michael. This is Joe Jackson's Sunday Paper. Oh, yeah, okay, so it's New Blood, but an old outside. song. Yeah, we'll take it.
0: If you know I always love JJ. If you know how so our to guest you right now is Jen Zarek Gold. He's the editor-in-chief and co-developer of the Knife Media, website that a listener alerted me to through the email. And um, and I checked it out, and I liked it so much I subscribed. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's 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 a couple of bucks. Uh, but Jens, thanks for hanging around.
1: Of course, I actually wanted to say something about the subscription since I, you mentioned it last time you, you spoke about us. Yeah, you, uh, the reason that we have uh, that we're subscriber based is a main reason why the news has so much sensationalism is is partly because of advertising. It's the revenue model. So we wanted to be completely independent of that and be able to just write for our readers and so we we uh, we have subscribers and, and right. so when you go and to the site there's say well it comes up
0: yeah yeah well listen and and you sent me a lovely email saying thanks for subscribing we would have comped you um yeah. well i still have a kid in college you know can we do, can we do something about that i mean what what is it for life or what come on now step yeah. up no i'm i'm happy to pay you guys do great work so um Uh, If you're just tuning in, the Knife Media works at at giving spin-free news, bias-free news, and then rating news outlets on their, how would you describe it, spin and bias? Or integrity? Yeah,
1: Yeah, well, we call it total integrity, but we divide it into four. Spin, slant lack of logic and accuracy.
0: Wow, I love that. I love that. Oh, by the way, I would meant to comment. You know, we're advertising-based, obviously, and, and there are people who think we're crazy that we continually take the excitement out of over-sensationalized stories. But, you know, it, it's worked for us. Anyway, so let's talk about the uh, hashtag delete Facebook is missing. That Tell us what story you're talking about there and
1: Yeah, well, we looked at a bunch of the coverage uh, right when the Cambridge Analytica um, stuff came out and the the delete Facebook movement. And what we found was a very heavy slant towards Facebook is very much to blame and and is evil, um, which... Of course, uh, you know, they, they apologized, they said they made a mistake, and, and they certainly um, should be liable for their actions. However, the slant went a little overboard and, and was actually encouraging people to delete, <laughs> to delete their Facebooks. The problem we saw with that is that it's myopic. You know, Facebook certainly plays a role, but it's not, it's not the only uh, responsible party here. And uh, deleting your Facebook account you know, and the media encouraging that isn't going to solve the, the, the more global problem. Which is what? So, Well, there's several things, and if you look at our analysis, we outline them. But for example, I mean, many social media companies and other websites generate revenue by selling ads, uh, so that incentivizes them to collect data from their users. That's not just Facebook. That's the way the Internet's existed ever since it pretty much started. So if we just get angry at Facebook and delete our Facebook accounts, that that whole system is still going to work. It's still going to be the same. So, If if there's a new Facebook, someone takes over Facebook, they're probably going to have data privacy issues as well. So we have to look more globally at the problem.
0: So you gave Forbes 45% total integrity, HuffPo 39%, The Guardian 33%, and Fox News 27%. Yeah,
1: this was a low one. Uh, Media outlets fared pretty poorly across the board.
0: And then let's take a look at the Austin bombings coverage. Uh, Your headline is examining the fear-inspiring spin in the Austin bombings coverage. So this would be just more about sensationalism?
1: Yeah, they used a lot of words like Austin on edge or fear gripped the city. And, you know, the, especially when there's a, there's a physical threat, when people's lives are in danger, the media is the way that they can get information that can save their lives, frankly. And if the media inspires more fear by using these kinds of terms, it can be counterproductive.
0: So in this one, interestingly, the uh, ass-end finisher in the previous analysis, Fox News, was tops with 60% total integrity. Reuters, 54 percent. CNN, 52 percent. That's a good day at CNN. That's an editorial comment. And the New York Times, 46 percent total integrity. Do you remember or can you click on why did the Times rate so low?
1: Well, you can click on if you There's a, there's a technical sheet, we call it, and you can see the breakdown of every—we go through every single sentence of every article and we show where the spin is, where the slant is, where the lack of logic is— um, and we could unpack all of that, but you can go in there and take a look. Most likely it was because of these sort of dramatic sensationalist words uh, that distract from just reporting the facts of what's going on in Austin.
3: Are you
0: aware of the knife media being used in college classes at all or even high school classes?
1: It has been, and, and, and students love it. Teachers love it. In fact, we've had teachers reach out to us and say, please, please, uh, you know, to let me use this in the class, and, and we are happy to. We, we, we definitely want to to do that because it's... It's, I mean, frankly, students need this. People need to know how to get, navigate this stuff in the news.
0: Right. And, and you know, there's because there's something academic about it. I'm looking at the you're talking about the coverage of the Austin bombings and you highlight the phrase on edge um, a, as a term. You know, at some point, it's just good writing. It's just interesting writing. Um, I understand that it might not elucidate facts. Um, but, you know, you've got to admit, at some point, you've got you to give me a little love, you've got to give me a little style in your writing.
1: Well, we have nothing against opinion or editorializing or dramatic language or any of that. Those are things, Those things are great. I mean, that's why I love a good movie, that's why I love a good novel. The problem is when you present those things as fact and you don't distinguish between the two so if i if i want to read opinion i'll go to the op-ed page but the problem right now is that so much of the opinion is in the the actual hard news page and they don't tell you that's what it is so we're saying separate them
3: okay amen to that positive sean with a thought well so is is there value in the kind of emotional reporting about you know fear gripping cities i I just go back to that because that was a clear example so you're saying there is value to that, but it needs to be clearly distinguished between here's what happened and here's what's going to happen next. Sort of reporting.
1: Well, in that case, if they, you know, if they want to quote a resident saying, you know, saying something that uh, that is emotional for them, that's great. Then you have an understanding of what people in the city are experiencing, and that's fact based. But when the reporter himself or herself says, you know, Austin is gripped in fear, or or there's a growing sense of alarm that spread. It's subjective in the sense that, well, what is it? Is everybody in the city feel alarm? Is Who's gripped by fear? It's not specific. So it's when the reporter uses their own dramatic language and presents it as the fact or the generalized experience of everything that we, we draw a, a line there.
0: Right. And I just think it's useful to know how you're being played, even if you're watching a movie or reading a book or that sort of thing. And especially if you're using journalism to gather facts or understanding about the word uh, about the world rather i, I appreciate you you talking about the uh, the Bob, bomb that was triggered by a tripwire it was dis- it was described on cnn as especially terrifying and you write if we replace especially terrifying with a word like different is there any loss of facts um
1: right yeah i mean we actually we we there's two headlines the first one is austin on edge police fear serial bomber behind blast or you could say Austin police suspect serial bomber after fourth explosion.
0: Right. And and you know what as an editor I might want the jazzier stuff cuz I got to sell papers. But again it's good to know to recognize how you're being played. Jens Eric Gold is the co co developer and editor in chief of the Knife Media. We'll have a link if you want to learn more about it at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh,
1: Jens enjoyed it. Uh we got to stay in touch. Thanks so much, Joe, for having me on. It's theknifemedia.com for, for those who want to visit.
0: There you go. And, again, we'll have a link so you can find it easily. Thanks again. That was interesting. Marshall, your bias-free headlines.
2: Sacramento City uh, leaders open for calm as the funeral for that unarmed black man shot by police unfolds this week. Two pilots report close encounter with UFO. Next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. curious to hear what you all thought
0: of the preceding interview. You can email us mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com I've been meaning to tout that more. I haven't. I've failed. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. You can text 415-295-KFTC Although Jack had to zoom off to an appointment and is not here to look at the text line. So, But I'm sure we can look at it. Uh, we're thinking of doing a regular feature with the good folks from the Knife Media, talking about spin cool. bias and the rest of it. Right. Maybe, maybe go over the big story of the week, that sort of thing. Gotcha. Meanwhile, speaking of spin-free news delivered by the most expert of experts, Marshall Phillips has it for us. Marsh,
2: We got a wake plan for Stephon Clark this afternoon. He is the 22-year-old unarmed black man who was shot and killed by Sacramento police earlier this month police were responding to reports of somebody breaking car windows that night. And They say when they encountered him, they thought Stefan had a gun. It turned out it was a cell phone. Now, CNN and other outlets are reporting one of the officers involved in that shooting was black. Yesterday, during an emotional Sacramento City Council meeting, Stefan's brother made a dramatic entrance, chanting his name. Stefan Step Steph- 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 Stefan Steph- Steph- Clark! Clark jumped up on the dais in front of Mayor, mayor Daryl Steinberg and pretty much took over the council meeting. My city, y'all hear me? Can you yeah. Sacramento, y'all love me? Yes. Yeah. I said, do y'all love me? Yes. Yeah. Does the city love me? No. Steinberg attempting to get control of the meeting, but got shouted down. Stevante. They fought. Yeah, thank you. Shut, Shut the f*** up, please. No. Tell him we don't hear him. He's not the mayor no more. That's when the mayor called for a short recess. After uh, that demonstration, a number of the protesters uh, surrounded the uh, arena where the Sacramento Kings were playing and fans were not allowed in at that point. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't see this one getting solved or settled. It's just a question of because facts are really not in play as they rarely are in this sort of thing. I'll tell you again, this this guy had some kids, a couple beautiful little children. It's a tragedy that a young man with children has died. No cop wants to shoot anybody unless they're a right. lunatic, and there, there are a few of those, yeah. but they are very few. I mean, the guys who shot this man, their lives are changed forever. Um, the race to me is not that important, but one of them is white, one of them is black, according to my sources. Um, Mr. Clark had an extensive criminal record, and Allegedly, because it hasn't been tried in court. But if you've seen the helicopter video, it's pretty clearly him. He was committing crimes that very night. You know, fairly minor property crimes. Breaking car windows, maybe a little auto uh, vehicle, uh, theft from vehicle, that sort of thing. He smashed a house window, etc. Now, a number of those victims were minority folks. So, the idea that it's some sort of, you know, white vengeance fest or something like that or... Daryl ain't the mayor no more, or whatever. I'm just not sure how we come to a reasonable outcome in that discussion. Right. I don't know if there's any way forward other than what Sacramento's trying to do right now: just let everybody calm down, right. just take the punches till everybody calms the hell down. Because if you if you got Daryl to tell you the truth, that's what he'd say. They're doing, yeah. I mean, because if you were to ask him, for instance, if you're going to approach it logically. So, uh, Mr. Steinberg, is the new city policy that anybody who wants to leap up on your desk and grab your microphone and say you're not the mayor anymore may do so? Mm-hmm. He'd say, uh, no, of course not. Absolutely not. No, the cops will grab you and drag you out of there and right. cuff you and charge you with a crime. Except now because people are Superman.
2: I mean, that's the situation. And Stefan, again, Stefan's wake is today, and tomorrow there'll be the funeral. The Reverend Al Sharpton will be giving the eulogy. He is here to whip up publicity for himself.
0: He will do nobody no good.
2: U.S. Supreme Court's going to be hearing arguments in a big gerrymandering case today. That involves the drawing of a district, uh, district boundaries, to achieve partisan advantage. The high court considering a Maryland case today. After weighing a Wisconsin case earlier, the stakes are very high with November's national midterm elections on the horizon. Both parties do it, yeah. Oh yeah, the best they possibly can. And you know
0: what? I, you know me, I'd prefer to see conservatives win than progressives. Hundred percent. On the other hand, gerrymandering is uncool, and and the the law on it is incredibly unclear. The the supreme court history on it right. what the constitution says is uh, it, it, it's not it, it's not vague it's specific it just doesn't go very far right
3: yeah I've, the I've, jurisprudence on it is just not nearly enough I have no idea what the the fix is for but when I look at the system I'm like well this can't be the this can't be the best way to do it we've got right. to, we've yeah. got to figure out a better way well you can tell it's funky yeah oh, nobody yeah. knows quite, quite how yeah. to defunk it because right.
0: there's nothing in the Constitution that says every district should be competitive for instance right you know you go to you know like uh, I don't know West Texas and try to put together a a, a, a competitive district mm-hmm. it can't be done. You go to Manhattan, try to put together a competitive district, forget it, you're wasting your time. Or, you know, you know, Berkeley, California, right. for instance. It can't be done. So that's not the standard. But, you know, it's funny, if you gave me two weeks and let me talk to like three, four experts, I think I could come up with a standard that most of America would agree is fair. But
2: nobody wants to do that is the problem. Right, right, right. Because both sides, as you said, are doing it right now. Right. White House not denying a report that President Trump wants to Well, tap- I'm sorry, one more practical issue. Yes.
0: If the vast majority of districts in the United States of America are safe, the, the politicos don't have to spend money on them. Right. And they know, okay, you guys get those, we get those, and we got a handful of battleground districts, and so, you know, they can concentrate their money there. And their time and effort, if you're Mm -hmm. going to be sympathetic
3: toward professional politicians, and I'm not. I have no desire to make politicians' jobs easier. No. No, indeed.
2: White House not denying a report that President Trump wants to tap into the vast military budget to pay for his massive border wall, the Washington Post. Says Trump is pushing it as a national security issue in talks with lawmakers. During a briefing yesterday, Sarah Sanders said discussions are ongoing. She also sidestepped a bunch of questions about why Mexico is not paying for the wall. <laughs>
0: Because they're not going to pay for that effing wall. Yes. That's why.
2: Hey, a couple of pilots. Two pilots say they saw a UFO over Arizona. An American Airlines pilot reported to air traffic control last month he saw an object flying at about 40,000 feet with a big reflection. Hey, it's 295. Yeah, oh, something just passed over. Uh, Bye, God don't know what it was, but it's at least 2,000, 3,000 feet above us. The so yeah, I passed right over the top of us. There you go. Pilot was asked if he thought it could be a weather balloon, but he said, nah, I didn't think that was the case. And another pilot in the same area reported a UFO soon after and said he couldn't tell what it was, but that it was not an airplane. Some people think that it is a super secret U.S. military project that they're testing.
0: Sean, you going to tell the truth? You lost
2: a
3: bet and attached a handful of weather balloons to your lawn chair? you finally going to tell the truth? Oh, I would rather not do it on broadcast air. Like I don't I don't know what the f the uh, FAA regulations are for for launching lawn furniture into the atmosphere. He, he called me and said, "Joe, I'm at about 40,000 feet. I may be late tomorrow morning."
1: Uh.
0: Uh-huh. I said, have you thought of standing on the chair and letting some of the air out of the weather balloons?
2: And he said, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. And, and here he is today. There he is. Amazing. Amazing recovery. Yeah. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Michael, ring it. <gasps> the
0: sweet sound of freedom there. The Liberty Bell. Woo. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Woo!
2: Woo!
0: That's the sound. That's the whoop of freedom.
2: <laughs> it's the
0: sound they heard at Lexington and Concord. Woo! You
3: hey, guys are from the British.
0: <laughs> they got uh, guns and stuff. Woo! <laughs> we know how that ended, didn't we, Britain? Huh. All right. Final thoughts in the petering out coming up in moments on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
0: The conscience of the nation. out begins uh, unfortunately and I apologize for this in advance we have so much to talk about it will not be very Petery outy what i think maybe we got to talk to Craig the obamacare lawyer maybe we can talk to him tomorrow he uh, zapped along a piece from californiahealthonline.org um the headline is thousands mistakenly enrolled during state's medicaid expansion feds find listen to this you know listen th- 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 People think, you know, and and I guess sometimes this is true from some people. People think like political philosophy comes first, and then you fit your facts and reactions and analysis to that, no matter what. And there are plenty of radio shows that do that, I suppose. You know, I'm not going to bore you with my entire autobiography, uh, which is it's four volumes, a total of 5,800 pages, and counting. And that just comes up to my 23rd birthday, but. <laughs> I've spent a lifetime looking at this stuff. I was young and idealistic and, and, and liberal on some things as a kid, as a young man, like, like everybody is. Uh, I always hated the progressive tax code. When I was 12 years old and wearing nothing but hand-me-down clothes because we couldn't afford new clothes, I hated the idea that it wasn't an even percentage. I said, well, wait a minute. People who make a lot of money, they will pay more. Because that's what a percentage is. And somebody explained, no, it's the thought that, no, they should pay a higher percentage. I thought, that's not fair. So anyway, I don't know. As a libertarian in the making in my little short pants, that's not fair, I said to my mom and dad. Anyway, but my political philosophy has come from observing the world for years and years and years. And this is a great example. You might as well go to a witch doctor to solve your problems as big government in a lot of cases. California signed up an estimated... 450,000 people under Medicaid expansion who may not have been eligible for coverage, according to the U.S. Health and Human Services uh, Chief Watchdog. In the February report, HHS Inspector General estimated that California spent $740 million on about 366,000 expansion beneficiaries who were ineligible. That was who were ineligible. It spent an additional four hundred and sixteen million on about eighty thousand enrollees who are potentially ineligible, leading to the total of probably four hundred and fifty thousand dollars and and one point two billion? Roughly. Yeah, one point one five billion. Good quick math, Joe. You still got it. <laughs> Auditors said nearly ninety percent of the one point one five billion. Billion in questionable payments involved federal money, while the rest came from the state's Medicaid program, known as Medi-Cal. So at least we, the people of California, spread the screwing around to our fellow Americans in terms of squandering that their tax dollars, and only ten percent of it was uh, you know state taxes. They examined a six-month period, so these numbers. $1.15 billion was in a six month period from October of 2014 to March of 2015 when Medicaid payments of $6.2 billion were made related to 1.9 million newly eligible enrollees. Well, wait a second. 1.9 newly eligible, and they're thinking. Uh, 370 or so were definitely ineligible. Is that, that's about, what, a sixth or a fifth? Okay, interesting. I wish, I can't do math that good. There were limitations to the California Review, however. The auditor extrapolated from a sample of a bunch of beneficiaries, uh, reported a 90% confidence level in the results, uh, zaba daba Um So there's a fair margin for error there, but it's absolutely beyond a doubt that well more than a quarter million, and perhaps as many as about 650,000, uh, were not eligible. Um, uh, Quotes about the federal government should ensure the states are being good stewards of federal money. Yes, I would agree with that. The audit highlighted weaknesses in California's Medicaid program, the largest in the nation, with 13.4 million enrollees and an annual budget topping $100 billion. Medicaid covers one in three Californians. One in three. The giant government medical bureaucracy That was meant to cover the very poor covers one in three Californians. Keeping in mind that study after study has showed your outcomes on Medicaid are worse medically than your outcomes if you have no insurance whatsoever. And now this government horror, this wasteful horror, now covers one in three Californians. Keep voting for bigger government. You know what? You'll have that utopia soon. Any minute now, you'll see unicorns riding over the ridge, tossing bags of gold off their single horn to each and every family. Wow. Riding a unicorn, riding a a, a rainbow with their gold bags (laughs) to her. All right, you got the idea. Yeah! Final thoughts. thoughts. I thought we agreed we were going to yeah. divide this into individual helpings. This is going to be the rest of the show. Yeah. We've now... Oh, we Jack. That's why. Final thoughts. <laughs> Your host, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. You know when Nancy Pelosi sucks. Okay. Oh, All right. Shut up. You know those uh, rainbow riding, gold tossing unicorns when they fart? It's Chanel number five. (laughs) Seriously.
2: Marshall Phillips, your final thoughts. Gentlemen, I don't know if you realize it. This morning you have been subjects of my experiment (laughs) testing your powers of observation. And not one of you have noticed what our Donald Trump cardboard stand-up is wearing. He's wearing uh, Easter bunny ears. Yes, beautiful Easter bunny ears in honor of the coming Easter weekend. They're gold and spangly.
0: Yes. How festive and how lovely a tribute to Jesus rising from the dead.
2: Michelangelo, your final thought. Uh, Very quickly, I want Marshall to check out the Knife Media
3: website so that he can distinguish between a real coffee study and a fake coffee study. Yeah,
2: Yeah, yeah!
3: What he said. Positive, Sean, do you have a final thought for us? Yeah, I really did enjoy the conversation with uh, with Jens from Knife Media, uh, quite literally putting a highlighter to the spin that we, we get when we digest our news. I, I think that's a very valuable thing, and I'm, I'm interested to learn more about it. All right, numbskulls, writing us frantically that you can't find theknifemedia.com.
0: I said we'll have a link at armstrongandgetty.com. Numb skulls, how'd your skull get so numb? <laughs> now nah, we're happy to help. So many people, oh, my final thought is Jack had to run off, but he'll be back tomorrow, all as well, not to sweat it. Thank you for listening. Uh, so many people, thank go to com If you want to point out something we ought to be talking about, do it. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America.
1: This is... Uh
2: And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done.
0: Thank you, and good night.
2: <laughs> and the show's over. What? Bye-bye. He's now known as Spanky, and uh, that's not a good thing.
0: Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.